Inside the Healing Room with Evangeline Hemrick. Welcome, my friends, to this very special episode with the beautiful Jacinta V. White, who is going to inspire you with her poetry and her unique style of creativity and healing. If you've never thought of yourself as someone who could do poetry, Jacinta might change your mind because she is a healer. She is someone that I feel like is bringing her healing gifts to the world in her own unique way through poetry. I was fortunate enough to take one of her poetry workshops years ago, and it was so wonderful. I learned so much about myself. So even if you've never wanted to write poetry, I hope that you will just kind of sink into this episode and listen to the suggestions that she has for you to tap into your creativity. Because what I love doing is interviewing people who are leading the way and showing others how to be creative in a healing way. Because we all have the potential for that. Whether we call ourselves a poet or a dancer or a writer or sculptor or potter, whatever, it really comes down to tapping into that creative force for our own healing. So I hope that you enjoy this interview. I really did. We had some deep connecting moments and you know, that's what's been so nice about this year. I feel like I've gotten to connect with so many bright leaders that are showing the way in terms of consciousness and sacred living. And that's what my new online course is all about. It's about bringing back the sacred into our day-to-day lives through many different ancient rituals, tools, techniques, ceremony. So if you would like to have that kind of experience, I have created an online virtual retreat. It's called Expanding Sacred, and you can go to my website for more information, or you can go to my Instagram profile at Evangeline Hemrick, click on the link in my bio, and you can register right there. The reason that I did this is because I feel like this is a time to bring us back to what's sacred in our life and what connects us to each other. And that's what Jacinta is all about. (laughs) So enjoy this very special, very sacred interview and check out my new course because I developed it in a way that you can take it at your own pace and you can really sink into the meditations. If you've been wanting to learn how to meditate more, I have some beautiful shamanic journeys and ceremonies for you that I love them. And I think that they are deeply connecting and enriching for our spiritual life. So check that out. And without further ado, Jacinta V. White. All right. I am so happy to have Jacinta White, author, poet, creator of Snapdragon Journal, So many cool things that you do, Jacinta, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. And I just love the name of your website, poetryheals.com. I mean, that just, that lights me up right there. Just that connection between creativity and healing. Yes, exactly. 
Well, there are so, so many things. I mean, I'm just like, oh gosh. Okay. So many things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We were just trying to figure out when we met and when we met, I took your poetry workshop, one of your yeah. amazing classes. And it just, it did so many good things for me. You know what I remember? I remember clearly the poem that you had us write about our name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think yep, that, that ignited it. a lot in me. <laughs> since yes. <then. laughs> yes. But I cannot wait to hear more about your healing journey and how this all came together that you share so beautifully and help people process and express through poetry. So tell us about how that's come to be. Well, Angela, it's been a, a long time coming. <laughs> you know, I started this journey with poetry as a catalyst for healing, you know, about 20 years ago. So it's been a while. But it started for me when my father died suddenly. He had a massive heart attack, and I was with him. And it was extremely traumatic. It it immediately, in an instant, changed my life. And I did not know how to, to deal with that type of grief. I had lost people before. But never anyone as close as my dad, who I felt like was my best friend. And I didn't know at the time that poetry was like my companion. <laughs> but I was always writing and reading poetry during my grief journey. And it was it was a few years after my father's passing that I looked back at the poems that I wrote and realized there's something to this. And I didn't know what it was. I, you know, I have a name for it. I just knew that there was something about writing and about being honest with my feelings and my my questions and my heartbreak in a creative way that helped me find my way to healing. And so that's, that was my personal experience and has been still, you know, when I go through trauma or I go through confusion or heartache, I have to write. It's you know, everyone has their own way. But for me it's it's writing poetry. And I wanted to do that with others. So that's when I started my business of, of helping others process their difficulty using creativity. And you do that through several different kinds of workshops, right? Yes. How is so, that? Is it stream is it like it has to be so intimate to work with people yes. in that way. Yes. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's not, I try to, you know, explain sometimes to people what I do or why I need so much space outside of my work. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just need to be for a second. And I'm sure you can probably relate to that. Like, <laughs> I just need a moment if I can reintegrate. But it is intimate because. And, and most of the people that I work with, I don't know. You know, I'm called in to work with groups. So it could be through hospice or it can be through a domestic violence center or the juvenile detention center. So there are a number of organizations that typically call me to work with groups. And so you have to build a rapport and build intimacy not not necessarily quickly. You don't want to rush your process, but you have to be really intentional about doing that. But the gift that poetry offers is that it opens us up 
to be intimate. It's an invitation to be intimate. And once we get into a poem and start saying what we can relate to or how it makes us feel, I mean, we're, we're there. <laughs> so, so poetry does a lot of that for us. And then my, my role is to help guide the process. And it's beautiful, and it's 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 a it's a gift and a treasure for me to be able to sit with people, whether whether as a group or individually, and to be a part of their journey. And how do you work with people who are intimidated, who feel like I could never be a poet, like I can't, yeah. I can't write? I'm sure that comes up a lot, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I, I you know, I want to know who's in the room and, and the relationship to poetry. So sometimes I may ask. Like, go, you know, we'll go around and introduce ourselves. And, and the question is, tell me your relationship with poetry. And some will say, I hate it. You know, I'm, I never liked poetry. That's not my friend. And others will say, I'm so in love with poetry. So, yes, there are some who definitely don't gravitate towards it. There are also usually the people who are the first to volunteer to read the poem at the end. Because for me, it's not about the craft and being being a poet or being the best. It is about telling your story using words and images and phrases that work for you. And I choose poems, you know, I'll, I'll read some poems, I have them to read poems before we write our own, and I'm intentional to choose one, choose the ones that are easily accessible. You know, because in English class, I don't know about you, but honestly, I wasn't, I loved English, but I didn't really like the poetry section because I don't understand, I don't understand it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, or I would say, this is what I think the poet is meaning. And, my, and the teacher would go, no, that's actually not what the poet meant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't, you know, it's not about that for, for what I do with poetry. I, I will ask, what does this mean to you? But does, there's no right or wrong with that. We can all we can all have different opinions about it, and they all be right because it's about how we're feeling and how we're interpreting the word. Mm-hmm. A healing journey for sure, and it yes. seems so connected and linked to grief and processing yeah. that. And tell me, yeah. tell me about your grieving circles and how you work with people around that, because we all we all have that. Yes, we, particularly now, as we're dealing with this heavily uncertain time and and loss magnitude. And what I'm doing, one of the things that I've been doing recently is having, of course, more virtual (laughs) classes and spaces and calling people together to hold space. Uh, I love working in community and being in the room and being able to fill people's energy and being able to see them. And that's changing. But the need is even more, I feel, for us to share space. So what we're doing now is holding virtual grieving circles and asking whomever wants to come to be a part of this for, you know, an hour and a half where it's structured, but it's also space where people can share their grief. And it can be grief of a person or grief of a job, grief of the sense of normalcy. 
and direction to the loss of community, we're all grieving. And if we don't, Angela, if we don't pay attention to that and allow us to fill that, not overtake us, but allow, allow us to feel that the loss, then when we come out of this, whenever that may be, we're going to have to deal with it then. And I think it's going to be much more challenging as opposed to let's, let's take steps to acknowledge the loss and to sit with it and to witness, to bear witness for someone else on this, on this journey that we're all a part of. I agree with you 100%. And I love it that you're providing this because it's so important. It's so needed. Yeah. And are you finding, I'm surprised because I'm doing the same, you know, I'm facilitating online now and I'm just Mm -hmm. into my first little like shamanic online course of like teaching ceremony and ritual and how to hold space. Mm -hmm. And I'm shocked that it does feel so connected and it feels so sweet and supportive. Are you having that kind of a feeling with, with doing it in a different way now? I am. I am. And it's, it, it is, <laughs> you know, it wasn't expected, you know, oh my gosh, we're on Zoom, we're online, it's not going to be the same. And it's, it's not the same. But I am finding that there, I believe that healing can still take place and clarity can still take place and the sense of community can still take place. And so, you know, I think sometimes we get stuck in our heads of it's not the same. And therefore meaning or making it seem that it's going to be worse, but it is different, but it doesn't mean that it's not effective and it doesn't mean that we're still can't show up in the way that we would in person. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I was really excited to share this space and time with you because my intention is to be so sacred with that. If it's someone who really knows how to hold space to carve out a little moment in time and I share our intention. And who knows? I mean, we could be long gone and someone sink into that with us and enjoy that after we create yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of times the, the aha moment or the clarity or the, you know, the healing doesn't happen in the moment. You know, it's, it's afterwards. It's when you're sleeping <laughs> sometimes or when you're taking the walk down the street the next week or what have you, that it begins to really sink in and and take hold. I love that. And I want to do that with you today. You know, literally, like, I hope that when we come to the end, you'll share some poetry. And I want to create that sacred space with you, you know, while we're just like right on here today. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Well, I want to hear about your book. I'm so fascinated about it. Please Tell us about Resurrecting the Bones. So Resurrecting the Bones is my second collection of poetry. And, you know, it's a journey. The subtitle is A Journey Through African-American Churches and Cemeteries in the South. And it was a very much a personal journey that became a book. So it started with my uncle, one of my dad's brothers, and I were having breakfast at a restaurant downtown Winston several years ago. And we were talking about the church, the black church, and having both grown up as being preacher's kids and all of that. And my uncle suggested that we visit churches 
that my dad, as well as my grandfather, pastored before I was born. They're both deceased now. And the first church that we visited, I wasn't anticipating writing a poem about my experience, but it came. And I wrote it. And then we went to another church, another Sunday, and another poem came. So it ended up that I found a way for me to record and to honor and to dig into what I was experiencing with, you know, through writing. And these were small, these were tiny churches in the middle of nowhere. And I noticed that they had cemeteries next to them. I grew up going to a church that was in a city and didn't have a cemetery. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I began to ask questions and do some research and it grew. I mean, the collection grew. I received several grants to travel throughout the South. So it expanded beyond churches that had a family connection for me. And it was one of the most fascinating, I mean, I don't want to call it a project, but creative explorations that I have been on. And the result is resurrecting the bones. Wow. What a healing journey. Yeah. How connected yeah. it was to you and your your family. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> it is, I have to say. Just, just to be able to have that, the experience. And, you know, that's the thing about creativity, I think, is that it's an invitation for us to, you know, take risks in a sense and to do things that we don't have a plan for. So, you know, that can be in painting. Okay, I'm going to paint picture of these flowers and this is how I'm going to do it. And you start painting it and it's not going to be like you thought. <laughs> you know, if you're paying attention to the creative function or the muse, same with writing, same with creating music. It's this other source, in my opinion, that that guides us as artists. Definitely. And do you feel like this year has provided people some more space maybe to, I don't know, open up for that? Like, you know, as challenging as things have been, the opening to yeah. different ways, you know, like it requires yeah. flexibility, doesn't it, to, it to does. be creative? <laughs> it does. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting uh, question for me because when I talk to people, you know, who I, I don't have a ongoing relationship with, so it's just kind of mm -hmm. sporadic. They'll say, oh, I, I imagine you've been doing a lot of writing. You've been getting a lot of writing done being, you know, in quarantine or, you know, when we had the stay at home order or, oh, my God, how many poems have you written? And honestly, I'm like, yeah, I'm not writing. <laughs> but I'm not. You would think that maybe I would. I don't know. But I have been able to have more space to just be. And that has been very restorative for me. And so I'm, I'm always, when I talk to other artists, I'm aware of not saying to them or making the assumption, oh, you know, you're probably more creative because if they're like me, you know, it's like, oops, actually I haven't. <laughs> but I think part of, for me anyway, part of the creative process is being still and resting and allowing Again, the emotions to come up, so experiencing the grief in the way that I am now as it relates to 
not working the same way, not being in community the same way, not seeing my mom as often because she's elderly, you know? So I'm taking time just to kind of sit with that. It hasn't translated to me writing yet. I believe that it will. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to be here for a moment and, and try to support others who, who need someone to be with them. Um, I think it's how it's showing up for me right now. Mm-hmm. And that freedom of allowing yes. yourself to yep. <laughs> whatever That's needs it. to happen, you know, like to, you have the space to, That's it. to be able to do that. Exactly. That is it. I had seen something on your Instagram about, was it an, like an effigy writing workshop? What was it exactly? Yes. Yes. An elegy workshop. Oh my gosh. That was. <sighs> so an elegy is, um, for those who, who may not know, an elegy is a form of poetry that laments loss. So there's a very technical way to write a classical elegy. And then there are more contemporary ways. And so I've been doing workshops on elegies for a couple of years. These were in-person workshops. And then, of course, with everything changing to being more remote, I wanted to offer it remotely. So I guess maybe last month, I don't remember. I have, you know, no concept of time right now. (laughs) But I did a two-part series on allergies, and it was amazing. And we had people from, you know, all over the state. So it was just really wonderful. And that's a benefit of doing something remotely as opposed to doing it in person that anyone can pretty much attend. And it was an intimate group. And we talked about the history of elegies. We talked about the craft of elegies. We read elegies. And then they wrote their own elegy. I provided props for them to write their own elegy. Um, and I, I, we didn't go through their writings as a class, but individually I responded to that. But again, as a way for us to pay attention. And it's not to... I'm not suggesting that we need to stay in a place of mourning or we need to stay in a place of grief or all I think about is grief, but I am sensitive to not watching over it. I, oh, I, just I like don't, that. I, you know, yeah, like it's, just, it's easy for us to do in this culture. We're so, we have technology, we have television 24-7, we have social media, we have alcohol, we have people, you know, we have... Stopping. We have so many ways to numb the grief. And I just don't think that that's the experience. I think for us to be human, it means having a full experience. And it, it doesn't mean rushing us to it. Right? We have to go at our, at our own paces, of course, but not ignoring it. And so elegy is, is a way that we can pay attention creatively to what it is that we've lost. I love that, like tending to it, protecting it yeah. and allowing it. You're so right too. I think a lot of people feel inappropriate about it. Like I should just, yeah. I should be okay and I should yeah. be strong and all that kind of yep. self-talk yeah. that just doesn't, it doesn't heal, you know, to to just, like you said, run from it yeah. and and push it away and versus like you said, not stay there forever, but the only way to heal and process is to yeah. move it through. That's right. Because it's not going to go away. So when we suppress it, 
you know, okay, yes, I'm hurting, but I'm not going to deal with that. I don't have time to deal with it. Everyone's hurting. It's a part of life. Like you said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be stronger. I've got this. <laughs> All of that may be true, you know, but when we don't acknowledge it, I am hurting. This is terrible. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm going to get out of this cloud. This is painful. My The earth underneath me is shaking. When we don't put words to it, I feel, and acknowledge it and say, you know, say this is, this is it. This is, I'm lost. I feel lost. And write our way through it, then we end up doing other things. We end up harming ourselves and other people. Do you look back on poetry? like at different times of things that you were working through, like, do you look back and have this sort of time capsule, you know, of like, wow, you know, I can see my growth. Yes. And that's what happened to me when I realized that there was something to poetry because I could see my growth with the grief of my dad's passing. I could see how hurt I was and how angry I was and how depressed I was. I could see that. And then I could see me making peace with his death and making peace with God because I was very angry with God. And then I could see, ooh, I'm happy here. Okay, what's going on here? Like, oh, wait a minute, something's <laughs> listed. I saw that in my writing and I was like, oh my gosh, like I have written. And I'm not suggesting that that's the only way, you know, that people can go through trauma or go through healing. But that was that was a companion for me. And I see it now when I look back at certain periods of my life. I look back at my journal writing or I look back at my poetry and I do see the growth. I also, and this, I don't go back and look often because you know what? I see the pain. And sometimes even though I'm not there now, it just makes me sad <laughs> to know, you know, to go, dang, like I was hurting, you know, I was really in a bad place. Thank God I'm not there now. And I acknowledged it then, but it's not something I revisit often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so beautiful though. I just, yeah. I love that. And yeah, I want to know more your take on, okay, like I know there are poets out there that are very like the rules and the craft yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. you got to like do it a certain way. Yep. Are you both like when you're working with people, is it more like, freeform creative and then you you like that art form of it too or how do you feel about all that well it depends actually if I am working with an individual a group and using poetry as a way for self-expression and for healing then I'm totally not into craft you know I don't it could be a journal entry you know I call it a poem like it's I'm not into craft I use poetry as the jumping point for the conversation. And and then I ask you to respond in a poem. So I don't talk about very little do I talk about craft. So that's one. But when I talk about having a workshop like the elegy, because we're talking about form, then yes, I am going to look for it to be the form of an elegy. 
And it may not be, but that's what I'm looking for because that's what we're discussing. And although you're writing about what it is that you're lost, you lost and what it is that you're grieving and that's cathartic. And we talk about that too. I am more of suggestions on how you might want to hone it. So it really depends on on how I'm showing up or, or the invitation for me to show up. Am I facilitating this because, you know, you're dealing with, a breakup or you're dealing with the loss of a job or a person, then that's one, or you're, you're trying to figure out who you are and your identity. So that's one way. But if you're coming like, Ooh, I am a poet or, you know, I've written and I want to, I want to hone my skills. Then yes, I'll do more in craft. Okay. All right. Very cool. What do you wish like more people knew about using poetry as a, as a healing remedy? (laughs) Or, yeah. or like, what do you really want to get out there to the world and help help people know about this? I think the biggest thing is for people to try it, to not stop themselves before they give it a try. Mm-hmm. You know, for the ones who, you know, again, who I don't really like poetry, that's not my thing. Just try it. I believe that strongly that if you try it, you're going to like it. <laughs> even if you don't, even if you don't now. And, and it's not, it's not something that has to be a part of your daily ritual. But when those moments of, I don't know what I'm feeling, you know, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. When you have a question around this weight on your chest, then writing is an answer. And the beauty about poetry, what I do encourage when, I, when I'm facilitating the, the workshops around poetry as, as a healing tool is the beauty of being able to use metaphors and similes. Like, I will talk about that. That's the only thing I get into when I talk, when I talk about crap because we can play around with language with poetry. You don't have to tell me that you're mad because you were diagnosed with cancer. You can talk about how the river has stopped running you can talk about how the sky is pitch black and you're waiting for a strike of lightning just so you can see a little bit of light you know so it allows you to tell your own story using your own words and images and that opens up space internally I believe for that peace and that healing to come not the cure but the healing to come so I just believe, you know, for people, I want people to know that a blank page is your friend. <laughs> it is your friend. And it is waiting for you to say whatever it is, whatever it is that you need to say. And if someone out there is like, okay, I want to do this, but I'm a little intimidated about being in a group, you do one-on-one work with people as well, right? Yes. I do. I do. I have my wellness coaching certificate and I use poetry as a way to talk through that. And that's, that's all of the information on how that works is on our website. So we can set up sessions and meet over the phone or via Zoom every other week. And I will work with you and use poetry and talk you through and, and you will respond with a poem. 
And I'll have questions about it, not with craft, not why did you choose this word and this line list? I won't go that way. <laughs> but really, what does this say? What does this mean? What, do you, what does this tell you? Because our poems tell it back to us. And having that support, you know, just having a guide yeah. as we step into the power of that, because, you know, I think that's why I love podcasting, because I love people telling their stories. It's mm-hmm. really powerful. And, and human beings yeah. need each other. Yeah. And everything, you know, when you think about it, everything is a story. Everything is a story. Our life is a story. What we do each day, how we talk, we're telling stories. I'm telling you my story. We are living in a story. And we tell ourselves stories. (laughs) (laughs) And we've had a bad experience or a good experience. It's a story. And I believe that one way to have a different perspective on the stories that we have accepted or the stories that we continuously repeat is to write, write it differently. Mm, I love it. That's very shamanic, my friend. <laughs> that perspective is like right up my alley. <laughs> Change the story. You know, if yeah. you don't like the story, you are the, you're the author. Yeah. Rewrite it. <laughs> yeah, rewrite it. So you've got a grieving circle coming up in October, right? Tell me a little bit more about about that and how that works. So on our website on com, there is, you know, the Grieving Circle page. And I am like looking up in my head to see about my memory because I don't know if the RSVP list is up yet, but it will be. It will be when this is aired. <laughs> Just simply RSVP. There's no cost to come. There, um, all the information, information is there. There's certain guidelines that we do ask, like confidentiality. This isn't to take the place of any therapy or support group. Um, we're not therapists. I'm not a therapist. I am there to, to facilitate a conversation and to hold space with people. So we have the way that we did it last time. I'm not a thousand percent. This is how it's going to happen in October yet, but we had breakout groups that worked really well and it was a facilitator for breakout groups and the breakout groups were based on what you were grieving what what is bringing you to the circle so that was a a smaller group that talked about the grief of a loved one there was a smaller group that talked about the grief of loss of normalcy etc one of the things that i wasn't expecting and i found it profoundly beautiful is that there are some who came to the grieving circle who weren't grieving anything that had to do with the pandemic. Mm. And I don't think I expected that because my, my intention was, or the emphasis for this was the pandemic and that we're grieving differently now because of that. And we're grieving more. And so the RSVP listed asked like if there are additional comments and there were some who were saying and shared in the group that some were dealing with a diagnosis of cancer and some who were dealing with, a loss of a loved one that happened years ago. And it just really widened my eyes to this sense of a need of community. And so that's what, that's what we're doing again, because, you know, again, because the need is there. And I don't know, I know that there are different grieving opportunities and circles and support groups. I'm on a lot of Zoom calls with work, with work that I do and, and different types of facilitation that I do. 
And I can't do that work and not stop and, and provide space for those who are grieving. Well, I think it's just so important. And I love, I love getting to know how you're out there helping and what's available. And it's just yeah. a different, a different space to be in because it's just, it's supportive and it's positive. Right. And, and yeah. I love it. I, I love what yeah. you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. When you yeah, are looking you. ahead, like, what do you envision like for the future? Like, what do you want to see happening with this work that you're putting out in the world? I love that question. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a huge question. My desire is to continue to have conversations like this and to introduce or remind people of the power of poetry. And whether I am facilitating a workshop or coaching someone individually, there are also on the website self-guided courses with videos of me walking you through stuff if, if that's an option. So in addition to all of that, my desire is to expand not the business, but the community of those who are using poetry as a tool for healing. I, I do not think that as human beings, this world is going to get better or get kinder or have more grace and more forgiveness and more kindness if we as individuals don't take the time to intentionally be on a healing journey. And to me, you are a healer. You're a different kind of healing facilitator than me, but it's a, it's a healing modality nonetheless because you are bringing people home to themselves. And that's a beautiful yeah. thing. It happens in all kinds of different ways, but you're a healer. I've not heard it put that way or thought of it in terms of bringing people back to themselves, but that is spot on, I think. You know, it's that about wholeness, about coming back to who we are. And how do we honor all of that, the complexity of it all? Oh, yeah, it gives me cold chills. You know, like when I'm teaching people to do energy healing or massage or, you know, any kind of hands-on modality, it's not about that. It's not about the doing of something like to someone or for someone. Yeah. I remind students of that, that like we, we might say we do healing work, but you are truly just putting them back in the driver's seat. Yeah, their experience. Yes. yes, exactly. Well, I can't wait yep. to hear whatever poetry you will share with us. <laughs> okay. So I think that I want to, I'll read two. Um, and, and each is from one of my books and one's shorter and one's longer. I'm going to start with the longer piece. That's Genesis, A Tribute to Rain. And so this time I listened, stopped the madness playing in my mind and listened to its voice, strong, clear, defined, jumping from place to place as though anxiously looking for a safety net. Together, it shattered pieces, frame it, display it, have people walk by, study it, marvel it, contemplate, remember it. 
pull it up from beneath the dread of day and praise it. The night rain spoke just the same as if it was day. And so I listened to it fall without appointment, warning, direction, expectation, beckoning. It fell in trust and love, releasing its fear and feelings and need to be right. I listened, wondering what lessons it was to teach me. It called me by my name, each syllable flowing slowly like honey over sweet potatoes. I listened, unaware that it too had been listening to me, us. It laughed in my face at what we were defining as knowledge, truth, God, still steps behind ignorance of what slow motions our minds make, deliberating, debating, dissecting what it means to be here today. You're asking me about freedom? And so I listened, stopped playing life, and I looked to the rain's descent and prayed for mercy to fall on me, to pass the brick walls and ceiling windows to fall on me, to pass the guilt and contradictions, the ego and defenses to fall on me, to pass the confusion and unrealized possibilities to fall on my tongue, allow me to taste something pure and holy, have it pound on my body, allow me to be rebirthed and enter again. And so today I listened, and it said, peace, be still. So that's Genesis out of Resurrecting the Bones. Wow, I have tears. That's beautiful. Thank you. And so this last one uh, is Feast, and this is out of my first collection called Broken Ritual. Feast. They both would come, pain and rounded arms like holding a basketful of freshly picked string beans. Lay them on the kitchen table for the other to experience. Finger the pains, bumps and bruises, the spots tender and tough, and you know, shake the dirt off. One by one, they would share their stories, taking turns holding the other's pain, sometimes silent, but still holding the other's pain until one would nod, throw it away. I want to thank you for making words sacred because, you know, we've got like so many words swirl around us in an information avalanche, you know, every day. And I'm all about what can we take? What pieces of our life can we take and make them holy and make them sacred? And you do that with words. It's amazing. And it's, it's the gift of poetry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, though. Thank you. It is, it is my, it's my life. Well, if people want to know more about you, 
because I'm totally fascinated and I want to know, um, I want to know more about Snapdragon Journal too. And also yeah. like, where can, where all can people find you and connect with you? Yes. So I am on Instagram, Jacinta V. White, J-A-C-I-N-T-A, V. White. And the website for the poetry coaching and workshops is poetryheals.com. And out of that, we do publish a quarterly called Snapdragon, a Journal of Arts and Healing. We publish poetry, creative nonfiction, photography all across the globe, from those all across the globe. Every quarter, we've been doing it. We're in a, a sixth year. It's amazing. There's a team of us that work that, that work on it. And the information for that on how to submit and all that good stuff is snapdragonjournal.com. And, I mean, I think that's it. Yeah. Instagram and And resurrecting the books, right? You can We can find that yes. on Amazon? Yes. At resurrecting the Bones is on um, Amazon. I also have a website that gives the list of the places that I've visited and it has photos and a video and like if you if you want to dig that deep into it and there's there's a link there are links there to where you can purchase it but yes it is on Amazon and it's published by Touch 53 which is here in Winston-Salem so that's great they also have it available you know through through their website and is Broken Ritual on Amazon as well I don't know (laughs) I mean, it's been, Broken Ritual came out in 2012, maybe, or maybe earlier. I don't know, Angela, actually. But, but if, if it's not, you know, I have, I have copy. <laughs> so people can reach out to me if they want Broken Ritual. Wonderful. Well, it is such a pleasure to spend time with you. I am so happy to share your wisdom and your art and your gifts of healing with those that are going to listen to this. It just makes me so happy to have you and I hope you'll come back on the podcast again. I am so honored to be here with you to have this conversation and to share with your listeners and I would love to come back. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll do it again soon. 